abrupt intro ending. Welcome in. It's the John Cast podcast for you this week. Um, on Spotify, if you're watching on YouTube, it'll be there eventually, and on all of your podcast platforms. Welcome into this great edition, brought to you as always by me and Julio. That's in Fitchburg. Me and Julio has margarita specials on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and wine Wednesdays, and monthly specials every single month. Go check out me and Julio. Great family atmosphere. I was there the uh, last week. We had a mini vacation. Uh, the family did, and one of the nights we went to me and Julio had some appetizers and some margaritas. Well. The adults did. The kid didn't. But anyway, it was fantastic. And they've got a great outdoor seating area as well. Me and Julio, go check them out. And also brought to you by Ian's Pizza with three locations in Madison and three locations in Milwaukee. And Ian's and I have teamed up for our latest promotion as we'll announce a winner on the 28th of August. That's right. I'm giving away college football season opening tickets on September 3rd in Madison, plus volleyball opening tickets on September 2nd and one year's worth of Ian's Pizza to one lucky winner. How do you enter, you ask? It's really simple. All you have to do is follow me on social media at John Audius Radio on Twitter, at John Cast Podcast as well on Twitter, at John Cast Podcast on Instagram, the John Cast Podcast on Facebook. I'm everywhere. You can go find it. And uh, there'll be special uh, retweets or likes or things of that nature on social media to gain extra entries. Plus, enter in, send me a DM right now on any of those platforms. And put in Bernie's slide. That's this week's keyword that you can have an entry with. Bernie's slide. Okay. Just DM me that and you'll have another entry this week for past, uh, you know, words that you can use to, to get entered. Go listen to the last couple of episodes. All right. And also check out johncastpodcast.com. We'll hook you up uh, with the newsletter. Go sign up for that and you won't miss a thing. By the way, I'm wearing glasses today. Why you might ask? Because my daughter put makeup on me last night. And then it got, I rubbed my eye and then my eye like swelled up and now it's tender and it hurts. So I'm wearing glasses for the podcast for the first time ever. And the reason I bring up makeup, because today's guest is today's TMJ for main sports anchor and part of the broadcast team for Packers preseason games on the Packers television network. And I'm sure he's put on makeup before as a TV guy. Have you ever had a swollen eye or rubbed it in your eye? Yes, that is one of the hazards of the job. John, and yes, as the uh, father of our oldest, uh, 19 years old now, but when she was younger, uh, she wanted to make sure that my skin looked a certain way and everything looked good on air. So I was the, uh, I don't know if you want to call it torture, my friend, but I, I had facials, I had proper makeup techniques to my face. Mm. And sometimes we would put this stuff on social media or whatever. And most people were like, hey, you're a great dad. I do try to be a great dad. I try to be a good husband. I try to, you know, all the above, but it was funny stuff. It's one of the hazards of the job. I guess so. It is. It must be. And I, I was just, you know, I'm not used to wearing eyeshadow, Lance. So I'm just like, oh, my eye itches. <laughs> hey, I just wear base, my friend. Uh, if, if, if okay. It, uh, just a humble tip from a TV guy to a mainly radio slash podcast guy. Okay. Uh, I do. You probably can tell. I not none today. I do have a shiny spot right here, and I'm sure that most of the podcast viewers and listeners yeah. and whatever are like, "Oh my word, these guys are talking about fashion tips and whatever." But I do oh. have a shiny spot right here. It looks like an airport landing light, usually in the center of my forehead. So I yeah. kind of powder that down. I get a little sweat going on, whatever. That's where it gets shiny. I just wear the base. I don't wear eyeliner. Don't wear lipstick. Don't wear anything else. It's just okay. to keep keep that stuff down. Yeah. yeah, the shiny. Okay, I'll remember that next time. Uh, if I'm ever on television, I'll be like, "Does anyone have found? Is yeah. it called foundation? Is that what I'm looking for?" Foundation. There you go. Foundation. And my daughter, 
proceeded to tell me that now in the HD world, I was using all the wrong base foundation that I, you needed HD friendly makeup. So there's another tip. Okay. What does HD mean? What is that? More expensive. Okay. <laughs> more than more expensive. <laughs> she, she, took, she took me to, I, I probably shouldn't say the product endorsement. She took me to one of those stores that you probably know the name of that has like everything okay. you'd ever want in the makeup, you know, fashion world. And uh, I had to get HD makeup. To me, it was just double what I normally pay at the local <laughs> drugstore that I go to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. HD makeup. I'll remember that if I'm ever in a situation <laughs> where I'm going to put uh, a base foundation on uh, in front of a camera or something. You know, like I'm more that. interested in talking about your margarita vacation. Uh, oh, and Julio's and Ian's Pizza, one of my favorites here in Milwaukee. So I'm more, I'm more of a foodie, even though I, I always say I work out because of the way I eat. So that, that's what interested me. Now we're talking about makeup tips. So this is great. Yeah. Well, we went to Ian's Pizza as well. It was a fun kind of a staycation, and all of us, my daughter, my wife, and I, we each got to pick one day where we got to do whatever we wanted. So kind of like mm -hmm. a yes day for the kid. Um, but, you know, we went all over Madison, discovered new places. Ian's, me and Julio hit up a bunch of spots to, to eat and stuff. And it was it was fun. It was good. Good relax before the, the volleyball season kicks off here. To do whatever so. you wanted to do. So, in other words, it, you rented or bought a Lamborghini that day and then you parachuted <laughs> over Madison? Because I've heard these things about you. <laughs> you know what? I, I want to rent a Tesla for a day is what I want to do. Oh. And that's what I should have done, Lance. I should have rented a Tesla. I have things. ridden in one. I've never driven one. So the, no, that's mm. the, they're fun. So I, I would highly recommend that. The thing that would scare me about a Tesla, like I, I want an electric car someday. <laughs> Actually, I don't mind the, the hybrid where you go like 40 miles and then you come back. You know, if you use gas, it uses gas because I feel like you could go back and forth all day long on that thing, 40 miles. Um, but the, the self-driving features mm. of a tesla that that to me i'm i'm a little on the fence about because that seems that seems often putting a lot of trust in technology to me i i like oh say so i i come from a family of uh my dad now my brother-in-law they have a dodge chrysler ram jeep dealership and i always mm -hmm. said i wanted a jeep so i just recently purchased a jeep product for the first time in my life oh. and it has the little lidar sensors around it um i like the fact that if you kind of stray from your lane a little bit or somebody gets close, it, it, it is a little bit self-driving. But you're right, John. It's still first couple of times kind of freaked me out like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. The car's swaying or what's going on here? And I don't totally trust it. It's not like I'm going to sit in the driver's seat and take a nap when I'm driving two hours up to Green Bay or an hour and a half over to Madison for Badger games. That No, I'm, I'm with you, my friend. I'm not going to trust it to do that. No, but speaking of driving to Green Bay or to Madison, I mentioned Packer, part of the Packers preseason uh, team on the Packers television network. And recently I, I saw in the news that Aaron Rodgers was was kind of going after those young receivers. Now, he did that. Uh, he's done that more than once in his career. But, um, you know, they had a, a sit down meeting with some of the wide receivers and talked things through um what was what came of that meeting why did rogers speak out and and how much of an issue do you think young wide receivers could be this season for the green bay packers yeah john i was up there yesterday and um it was a good learning experience for the photographer i was with he had not uh been up there much and i kind of had mentioned to him before we went in the locker room like hey always go in with a plan but don't always set uh what you're going to report on uh just by you know what you you think the news stories of the day are going and sure enough you start talking to it was not an aaron Rodgers talks day 
But when you start talking to, um, you know, Romeo Dobbs and you start talking to Randall Cobb, you realize that there was a morning meeting that Aaron Rodgers had called for and Cobb and Lazard kind of backed him up and they were kind of like, hey, this is unacceptable. We can't have pre-snap penalties. We can't be lined up in the wrong spot. We can't be running the wrong routes and being on the sideline. I know there's always various levels of what is true. Uh, and you heard it, John, you know, basically Matt LaFleur comes out of the, the tunnel area and just before halftime ends, we either do a live with him or, or tape interview with him. And most of the three interceptions were not on Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers kind of backed that up a little bit. Now we can debate that, but uh, I think there is some concern that guys are not performing their assignments correctly and it needs to end and it needs to change. And we all know how picky Aaron Rodgers is about running routes and where we're supposed to be. So uh, it better be better come regular season and when the lights come on for real uh, when they play the Vikings. Yeah. So I also saw an article, Lance, predicting that Rodgers interceptions, and I think the word that they used is skyrocket, will skyrocket this year because of some of these issues that we're talking about with some inconsistencies with, with the younger wide receivers. There's still some veterans on there, like you were saying with Lazard and, and Randall Cobb. Um, is that a possibility? And I don't, I don't like the term skyrocket because what's skyrocket for Aaron Rodgers? You know, what, what's his interception total jump to? But will we see more of that perhaps this season without Devonte Adams and, and, and this wide receiver group trying to, to gel with the quarterback? I'm with you, John, in the sense that, okay, he throws such few interceptions. Let's just say, okay, so you're going to say skyrocketing means going from five to eight or, or doubling if it goes from five to 10, or I, I, I don't know how to gauge that because he throws such few interceptions and he, he usually knows where to throw the ball. But I think it is probably a safe assumption that his interception total will go up a little bit just because of the routes uh, that were run and some of the learning process that's going on. Sammy uh, Watkins has been okay in problem in the preseason game because he didn't play in the preseason game. But, you know, Sammy Watkins has been okay so far in camp. Um, but there is some concern level there about the youth and the inexperience. And quite frankly, you know, some of the veterans as well, not running the correct routes and not knowing exactly where they're supposed to be. So that that's got to improve. Mm -hmm. Out of this storyline, um, besides the storyline, rather, what has kind of piqued your interest coming out of Packers camp and through the first game and then before they take on the Saints on Friday? What are some of the other storylines that's really caught your attention that is important for fans to know about this year? Uh, the important thing or the positive thing is that this might be the best defensive team they've had since the year that they won the Super Bowl after the 2010 season and possibly even better defensively than that team which is pretty scary. I mean, everybody from Larry McCarron who watches every snap of every uh, practice of training camp has said it. Mark Murphy said it to us on the sideline the other night. And I, and I believe they're being honest. Every time you watch the number one defense go up against the Packers, number one offense, most of the time, the defense wins the battle and has the upper hand. So they have looked really, really good. Even the number two defense against the Saints, number two offense got the best of them the other day. They have depth, they have talent, they have speed, they have size, uh, they have interchangeable parts. It, it's, it's dare I say, John, I think we saw a little bit of a changing the guard. Yeah, they lost in the playoffs in the postseason last year. But to me, when you have a 13 to 10 game, that is a defensive team. And we saw that. And when's the last time I, I did the McCarthy show for five years and Mike McCarthy came in with the tail end of Favre and the beginning of Rodgers. And then you had LaFleur come in 
they've always been an offensive team for the last, what, you know, 15 plus years. They were ninth overall in defensive rating in 2010, the year they won the Super Bowl. They were ninth last year. But I think now you could argue that this is a defensive team. As good as they have parts on offense, and and I still think they're not going to fall off the cliff, and they'll still be able to score points and be be okay uh, and be fine, maybe more than okay. I think that they are they can be considered a defensive team, and we haven't been able to say that about a Packers team in quite a while. And that could be very dangerous, especially with Aaron Rodgers. Despite which weapon he has to throw to, he usually can make those weapons appear perhaps better than they are. So that's that's right. With a defense, if it is a top-ranked defense, that could be a, a huge, huge advantage for this version of the Green Bay Packers. You know, I was looking through some of the, the past stories that you've been working on there at uh, TMJ4, and I saw you were, uh, had one with A.J. Dillon, and it, it got me thinking how much of a fan favorite you know, A.J. Dillon really is with this team and outside of obviously Aaron Rodgers, now that Devontae Adams is is no longer with the team, who is who is that next fan favorite, would you say? Is it a veteran like Randall Cobb or where does a guy like A.J. Dillon rank and, and what were your impressions with, with Dillon? Yeah, people really like A.J. Dillon. I mean, he's embraced the area. Um, you know, he, he calls it his forever home. Like he, regardless of if he plays for the Packers, you know, years down the road or not, he loves Door County. He's got the key to Door County. Uh, loves the Green Bay area, so he's going to be around. And he has quickly become a fan favorite. I think yes, people still love Randall Cobb from his time with the team. John Gary is one of those guys that, to me, John, it's always an interesting case study. Now that we're in the you know social media world and how our business has changed, where you know years ago social media wasn't as big of an impact. I just remember when Rashawn Gary was drafted, and people thought. Brian Gutekunst was nuts, you know, you, and you cover college athletics and football as much as anybody. Number one recruit, arguably in the nation, the year that he came out, uh, what's going on? You know, he never lived up to the hype in Michigan, this, that, whatever. And every single year, he's just gotten better and better, really good against the run and the pass, which is hard to find. And everybody that you talk to with the Packers say he's close to unblockable this year. So he, he has unique skills and talent that I think, you know, Packer fans, he's probably going to merge on the scene on the scene this year, even more so than than what he has. Mm. All right, Lance, I've got one college football question for you and a couple of baseball questions. Oh, actually, and a wrestling question, too. Sorry, I forgot about that one. Uh, let's talk quickly about college athletics, because I saw in the news that the new Big Ten media agreement has been officially announced. So part of this is beginning in the fall of 2023. Um, you know, they're going to jump around from Fox to CBS to NBC in primetime. When you take a look at this, what do you think this means for the conference as they get ready for USC and UCLA in 2024? I, I like your jump around. I don't think intentional, but I like just that weaving <laughs> of jump around in there with the Wisconsin. Um, well, funny little anecdote, you know, there are rivalries in the Packers locker room. So the other day I was talking to Dean Lowry and I said, you know, Dean, you're one of our resident, you know, Big Ten representatives. And he goes, yeah. And I go, and you to uh, you went to arguably one of the best academic institutions in the Big Ten. And he goes, I'd like to think so in Northwestern. And I said, what do you think? He said, basically, I'm a traditionalist, didn't really care for it. But on the flip side, he goes uh, to kind of poke fun at he's got Kenny Clark to his left in a locker and Sean Ryan to his right. And they both went to USC and he said, well, maybe they can actually get a taste of what physical football is all about. <laughs> and you could have heard the groans 
the, uh, <laughs> the guys that were around him or whatever. Um, so it makes for interesting talk. I, I think for us, I mean, obviously I'm, you know, flying the flag here as we speak and, and our brand is NBC that we've had Notre Dame football for years uh, and you've seen me at Badger games, but it always helps your coverage if it's stuff that's on your air. So you Packers TV network, we, we're, we're tied in with the Packers. Uh, you know, other things that NBC has, you know, whether it's the NASCAR race at Road America or was it Road America or things like that, Ryder Cup, we're all in, whatever the NBC programming is. And I think this is going to help, uh, you know, people associated with the Badgers program or whatever, we're all in. And I, I think it's a good win-win. I know it's a lot of money, uh, but it but it is a good situation as far as that goes. Yeah, primetime on NBC. That's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, let's jump to Major League Baseball with the Brewers. Three back of St. Louis as of this taping in the division. Two back of the final wild card in the National League. Are they going to be able to, to salvage? Salvage. Salvage the season. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but are they going to be able to make the postseason after what was considered a controversial trade of Josh Hader? They're probably going to have to win the division in order to do it, John. Um, okay. I just don't see, and I could be totally wrong, but I don't see a path to the playoffs through the wild card because the division is just that bad, and the Cardinals are starting to kind of space it out a little bit. Now, they do have games against the Cardinals in September, and those will be crucial. Uh, but, you know, the Brewers obviously wrapping up with the Dodgers as we tape this. They still have the Yankees on the docket. They still have the Mets on the docket. They do have a tougher, so to speak, schedule. Um, they still have to win their easier division games. So, but in my opinion, they have to win the division in order to get in the playoffs. And right now, their pitching will give them a chance to make the playoffs. But as far as going deep in the playoffs, you know, you look at the teams that they play and they really struggle against the better teams, which are the Dodgers or the Cardinals or whatever team. Any team that's either comparable to that or even a little bit better, it's tough. So, can things change in September? Absolutely. We saw the, you know, things change for the Braves. But as of right now, it looks like they could make the playoffs, but I don't think they rank up there with some of the really upper echelon teams of the National League. Mm. Uh, and then add this video. If you're watching on Spotify, I need to get a reporter's perspective from the video recently. Let me pull it up here. Give me a second to share my screen with you, Lance Allen. And this was one of the Dodgers reporters. Where'd it go? Here we go. Um, we're going to watch this. Let's just play this. He's been talking for three days about going and the Dodgers television. Milwaukee. I've never heard somebody so excited about doing anything. David did do it today. Watch. All right, here we go. Holy crap. Out of Joe and Keith's position. Holy crap. Holy crap. Holy crap. Holy crap. <laughs> so they'll show a replay of it if you're watching us yeah oh no okay first i want to report that he's okay he runs down he goes down the slide runs into the wall hi guys <laughs> I do my own stunt, Tom Cruise style. I try to play it up, shacked in the fool style, and you're looking okay. at the fool. So, uh, so the thing is, you know, working in the mall for, what, 25, 26 years, he what, yeah. has broken ribs and, and uh, either a broken wrist or a bruised wrist or whatever he ended up with. Um, you know, for years, the kind of frowned upon this because they thought somebody could get hurt, and I think it's just recently – 
that they allowed at least a handful of reporters to do this. And now I think this guy ruined it for everybody by crashing into the wall like a crash test dummy. So <laughs> I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. Have you ever gone down the slide, Lance? I have never gone down the slide, if you can believe it. It, it, it is one thing that I would be interested in doing because I'm an adrenaline junkie. I've, I've jumped into race cars. Um, yeah. I've done a lot of crazy things over my career. Uh, but that is one thing I have not done, but it would be cool to do. I think you said it best. Like, he ruined that for everybody else. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how you're supposed to end Bernie's slide. Like, maybe just be like Bernie uh, and just kind of pop up or whatever. But, like... Whatever he did, he did it all wrong. Like he just slams into the wall. I can't believe six broken ribs and that injured wrist. Like it didn't look like he crashed into it that hard, but I think you're right. I think he ruined it for everyone else to ever get on that slide. The Admirals have a uh, human hockey puck thing here where you get really zipping down the ice. I've done that before on a saucer, and they have people with pads to stop your momentum after you hit the bowling pins. So uh, you go in there, you know, full guns ablazing. You go in there with a lot of steam behind you, so to speak. Um, but you know how to roll and you know how to tuck and you know how to hit the pads. So I, I don't know. Uh, I, I have some questions about this thing, my friend. <laughs> um, all right. Now I, I want to switch to wrestling. I want, I'm, I'm hitting a potpourri of subjects with you, Lance. Um, I also do another podcast with uh, former Packer Amon Green, and we were talking to someone who covers gaming and also wrestling. And it made me think of you. And I asked him who who he puts on the Mount Rushmore of his all-time favorite pro wrestlers. And he this is what he said, uh, the writer. Uh, he said, Heartbreak Kid, The Undertaker, The Rock, and Dusty Rhodes. Now, I was starting to put mine together. This is how far I got. Hogan. I mean, I don't know how you cannot have Hogan on there. I put The Rock. I put John Cena. And I have an empty spot there too. I'm thinking maybe Stone Cold, but I don't want to take too many from the same era. I feel like I should respect someone even older than the Hulkster. But if you had to put up a, a Mount Rushmore, who would you put on your Mount Rushmore pro wrestling? Because I know you're a huge fan. <laughs> I am. I appreciate you asking. Uh, I would go Hogan in no particular order. Hogan, okay. Flair, Stone Cold, and The Rock. Uh, okay. I, I, my, I'm sure people will pick this apart or whatever, but I'm with you, John, that people still to this day say that when Hogan was on the card, the, the crowd would be double, at least double what a, a normal pay-per-view or a normal show would be. And wrestlers would actually come up to Hogan and say, thank you, because they would get better paydays. Um, Ric Flair is the goat. He's the man. Um, Stone Cold, I've never heard building loud when that glass breaks and, and the, yeah. this whole connection with Milwaukee and how that started here. I think that's a cool story. And The Rock is one of those people that I always say, okay, how do you gauge how popular someone is? It's crossover per, uh, appeal. And for example, my wife, the three people that she knows in wrestling are The Rock, The Miz, and Jesse Goddard's Mr. Pectacular. Reason being, Jesse Goddard's was on Big Brother. The Miz has a reality show. And The Rock is, like, arguably the biggest person in all of Hollywood. And so, to me, you know, who's what What name is practically bigger in Hollywood than Dwayne Johnson? Very few people. So, I, I kind of 
that's where I go. I, I know some people will rip me for not putting The Undertaker or Shawn Michaels or Bruno Sammartino goes on and on. But... Um, okay, so you got to tell me the connection. I don't know the, the Milwaukee Stone Cold connection. What What is that? So he was not scheduled to win King of the Ring in 1996. They had okay. it at the arena in Milwaukee, formerly known as the Mecca, but now obviously the Milwaukee Arena. Uh, and if you go on my Facebook page and social, I had the pleasure of interviewing him on satellite a few years ago, and I asked him that question. And he was more than happy to talk about that, which I thought was really cool. Um, you could tell that was something like he was like, oh, you know, you're aware of that story? So basically, he wasn't scheduled to win King of the Ring. Uh, but uh, from what I understand, Triple H was kind of in a timeout from Vince McMahon. So basically, they had to find someone else to win King of the Ring. Uh, Stone Cold in a previous match got busted up, came back, you know, went to a local Milwaukee hospital, got stitched up, repaired, whatever you want to say, came back, um, and and basically, you know, won over Jake the Snake Roberts. And uh, he cut the infamous 316 promo, and uh, you know. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. So literally he did 316 and that's the bottom line at the King of the Ring pay-per-view ring. And if you go look at my Facebook or go look at my social and find the straight, he goes, you know, typical Stone Cold style. He goes, wham, you know, he snaps his fingers and he goes, wham, the rest is history. So I will always have a special play in my heart for Milwaukee because that is where his career launched at straight. John, know your history. Austin 316 started in Milwaukee. The Mayan and Hogan Cup in the Mia Room, the old Bradley Center. There is some significant history here in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee. So you got to know your history, my friend. Oh, I do. I don't know a lot about pro wrestling. I was, you know, big into it as most uh, boys growing up at my time were. And then into college, I was into The Rock and, you know, we had fun with The Rock and Stone Cold and everything like that. And then I'm nothing still for the last 20 years. By being mentally... <laughs> uh, I had to ask you about wrestling. Um, to wrap up this interview, <laughs> let's go back. Let's go back to when Lance Allen first said he wanted to get into this world of television or media. Is that is that what you said? Was there were there aspirations for you to start somewhere else, or have you always said been like I want to be the TV sports guy? I I lean more TV than radio. I grew up in Rice Lake, Wisconsin. Uh, went to the University of Wisconsin, Madison. And, um, you know, I always kind of just thought about the possibilities and thought about a lot of different things, to be totally honest about it, you know, play by play or real or this, or that, whatever. But I just always kind of gravitated toward television and always kind of liked um, the variety. You know, I know that you in your role with uh, Wisconsin volleyball, you cover volleyball, you know, on a regular basis. I kind of like the variety of things and knowing what people succeeded in various walks of life and sports and things like that. So it kind of just tailored to my interests and uh, met a guy by the name of Mike Heller that I know you know, uh, interned under him at uh, MTV, at WMTV in Madison. It was uh, Mike Heller, the sports director, and Craig Kishan was the weekend guy. So learned from two really good guys. And Mike was the one that said, hey, um, would you, you know, would you consider uh, applying up at Rhinelander with my old news director? And I didn't even know Rhinelander had an NBC station and applied there and got the job and went from Rhinelander to Green Bay to Milwaukee. So to me, it, I've been pretty blessed to cover the teams and the state and the things that I've been able to cover 
Uh, I always tell people when they say, hey, what's your favorite stuff or whatever, um, it changes all the time. I've covered everything but a World Series. Uh, I was 12 years old when the Brewers were in the World Series, so I hope I get that to make the career arc uh, and the career circle, so to speak. But I never thought I'd see a Ryder Cup in my home state. Never thought uh, the Bucks would ever win the NBA Finals again. Never thought that the Packers would win the Super Bowl. Uh, Badgers in the Rose Bowl. Badgers in the Final Four. Uh, I, I've lived the dream. I truly have. Uh, and, and I've worked in the toy department in the, in the home state that I grew up in, uh, where it maybe matters to me a little more than, than others. So I greatly appreciate it. I really do. So you had the three stops in Wisconsin. Uh, you're from Rice Lake. Were there ever any offers to move outside of the state? Did you pursue anything out of the state or did you just want to stay in Wisconsin? Cause you feel like you're pretty comfortable in this state. Yeah, I mean, it's always flattering that you get offers from other people. Um, you know, way, way, way back in the day, I almost went to Bismarck, North Dakota. So, you know, it's, it, I, but, you know, whatever's good for your career. I thought I was going to go to Bismarck, North Dakota, and I ended up staying in Rhinelander. Um, so, yeah, it's always flattering to get other offers, other people interested in your work, other people wanting uh, you for some capacity. But I always felt like all things being equal, this was home. Um, and this is where I should be. So, yeah, you never say never. Everybody's got goals in life and everybody has different uh, aspirations at different parts of their life. But I think uh, as of now and as of you know most of my career, I've always wanted to be here and always wanted to cover the things that I've been able to cover. I know you also went through like a whole bunch of amazing accomplishments uh, in the world of sports that you were able to cover, you know, the Bucks winning the, the championship, Rose Bowls, those type of things, Final Fours for the Badgers. Um, is there a favorite that stands out to you? Was it one of the Packers or was it the Packers, one of the Packers Super Bowl victories? What was it that stands out the most to you that you're like, man, that was this, that was awesome. I got to I got to work and cover that event. The Super Bowl is always surreal, John. Um, so obviously it doesn't even seem like a sporting event until you get like midway through the first quarter and you after you see all the stars, all the pomp and circumstance and you know pageantry, it doesn't even seem like a sporting event. But and I'm not saying it for your Madison audience, and I'm not saying it because I went to Wisconsin, but I a lot oftentimes when that question comes up, one of my most vivid, if not my favorite memory is when the Badgers first went to the Final Four in 2000, because it was so unexpected. I, and I have vivid memories of being at the pit in Albuquerque, and that back when strict, it was coverage. Um, I walked with Dick Bennett when he had tears in his eyes in the middle of the court, and when Mike Kelly is getting body passed and body surfed, and Mark Vershaw jumps up on the scores table and breaks the scores table because he's trying to find his parents and go up to his family. And it was such a, a, a team that nobody expected to do that. And a, and a, and a school that nobody expected to go to the final four. Um, to me, that is one of those moments you will never forget ever, ever, ever. And uh, the same can probably be said for, you know, once Barry took you know, the, the football Badgers to the Rose Bowl, it was, it was for some people, it was so unexpected and it took such a long time to get there that people couldn't believe it. But to me, that that Final Four basketball run, uh, that first time under Dick Bennett was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So you see, I wasn't here for the, for the you know the Favre Super Bowl. I was here for the Rogers Super Bowl. We did not uh, send anyone to that, but I did get to go to the Final Four the second time for the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, under the Kaminsky Group, I wasn't here for the the Final Four you're talking about either. And 
just being around that atmosphere was so fun. And the one thing I, I kind of not regret, but I wish somehow my my uh, path had gotten me to the team hotel, you know, after that victory, because we know about that scene where there's just tons of fans and the players are up there. It just seemed like a really fun spot. But just being around that was kind of my my one of my favorite um, trips or, you know, events that I covered. But I could see how that that 2001 out of nowhere, all of a sudden they're in the final four because, you know, I'm sure this tournament started that year and you're probably thinking, OK, well, I wonder how long they last. And then they just kept winning. Yeah, they, they started against Tark the Shark. Um, he was at Fresno State at the time. So Jerry Tarkanian and you thought, OK, they could be one and done, but they won that game. Uh, and then they played Arizona, who was, you know, number one seed and arguably the, you know, the, the top team in the nation and had like, I think, three or four guys that went to the NBA and won that. Um, and LS2, every, they had, you know, two guys that played in the NBA, beat them. Um, and then beat Purdue. So, it, it, yeah, it was just an incredible run. Really, really was. And I give all those guys credit on that team. Okay. Well, we'll be watching you throughout the Packers uh, preseason broadcast on Packers TV network. Uh, Packers and Saints on Friday. Lance Allen will be part of that broadcast team along with John Kuhn and Kevin Harlan. So keep an eye out for Lance. And uh, congrats. And starting in – when does that Big Ten thing start? 2023. NBC has that primetime game. All Big Ten, all afternoon long throughout uh, your viewing experiences. And uh, Lance, I appreciate you taking a couple minutes here and, and and talking with me a little bit about your career and a little bit about the Packers, a little bit about everything, really. Thank you, Lance. No problem. Anytime, John. All right, there you go. That is Lance Allen from WTMJ4, today's TMJ4 main sports anchor, and of course, part of the Packers Television Network. One more reminder, if you want to get in on this giveaway, uh, that I'm I'm doing with Ian's Pizza. We're giving away college football season opening tickets in Madison, and we're also giving away the uh, volleyball season opening tickets in Madison, as well as one year's worth of Ian's Pizza. You can DM me this week, Bernie's Slide, two words, Bernie's Slide, you'll be entered. Go back to the last couple episodes if you want more entries, and even check out my Twitter for another way to enter on a retweet. Um, so go check that out at John Audius Radio on Twitter. Thanks to Ian's Pizza. Thanks to me and Julio. Tuesdays and Thursdays, margarita specials, wine Wednesdays. They've got food specials as well. So go check out me and Julio and Fitchburg, johncastpodcast.com. Sign up for that newsletter already if you haven't done it. And uh, thank you. Thank you. I think I covered it all. Thank you for listening to this edition of the John Cast Podcast. Goodbye.